setting a boundary. <laughs> if you're a parent from Angela's job, please don't listen any further than right now. <laughs> That's episode nine. Please download this podcast and then... Um, like, subscribe, comment, <laughs> and then stop right now. Because you've already heard too much. You've already heard too much. Why? You've already heard too much. Why are you so... Get your nosy ass. This is Maya. Get your <laughs> nosy ass out of our business. And if you think I'm cool, just say that. Take me to coffee. Just say that. Yeah. I'll tell you my hot takes there. Right. Yeah. Oh, no. That's okay. I mean, as the queen of workplace drama, of starting workplace drama, I um, empathize. Well, I'm scared. They love me right now, and I'm like, Let's keep that up. In their mind. What have you, yeah. And like, and in, my, in their mind, like, I can only imagine that I'm like the cool with it, like gender neutral, good <laughs> student who mm-hmm. was like employee of the month for the first time. And yeah. then like, is now like closing supervisor and is like really on it with bitch. everybody's kids and on you're like super it. on top of it. They see you as a one dimensional, just a hard worker. But that's perfect. I'm at well, work. Well, yeah. It's your that's job. Great. That's I'm, I don't need many dimensions at work. Mm-hmm. Just good, good worker. Uh huh. Goodbye. <laughs> the end. No more. Yeah. So I was like, well, if you don't see me as a person now, you're definitely gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people don't look that hard. Hopefully, I, unless she sent her a link. I well, that's what I said. She's like, heard you have a podcast. How do I get a hold of it? And I was like, oh my god, it just burned to the ground. <laughs> Did you know you can turn off um, on TikTok so like your contacts don't see you as a on their for you page just because you're in their contacts? I didn't know you could turn it off. I know it always asks like sync your contacts. Well, okay, so maybe yours weren't synced. Mine were synced for whatever reason. I fucking wish they mine weren't. are n- absolutely one thousand percent. I thought not they synced. weren't, and so I turned them off recently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little too late, but uh. And now, at least once a day, I get a message that's like, do you want to sync your contacts? And I'm like, go to hell you already own my whole life. No, I don't need my, like, high school volleyball coach from freshman Especially year. Especially because your ass keeps all I, of your oh, contacts. I do have every contact I've ever had since middle school. Yeah. Every- I think is insane. I go through my contacts all the time and delete numbers because I'm like, fuck no, fuck no, don't want to talk to you again. Don't. Please forget my number. I don't yeah. want to hear from you no more. To quote my, my, my jam. Which, SZA? What is that? <laughs> who's SZA? You know who SZA is? Were you calling me SZA? Well, who's, who are you quoting? Um, I don't know what the band is called, but... What's the song? It's called Harvard. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, mm-hmm, you played that for me. Mm-hmm. That's my jam. Please forget my number. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Maya. And I'm Angela. And this is Nishities. Welcome back. I still don't have a voice. And it's dark, even though it's not very late at night. Do we? It is dark, and it's only like seven. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's very interesting to me how... Is it the Midwest? I don't know. Just the, the winter months affect, I think, landlocked people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we very much all are just on the same page of like... It's going to be bad for the next seven months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we I was, all know. I was talking to someone about that, and I was like, it feels... I mean, you guys know, it feels like a personal attack. You listened to the episode we recorded on the first day it was cold, and boy, oh boy. But, yeah, it's just, you know, I'm 
I'm doing okay currently on November 3rd. I'm check back in. Stay tuned. Well, yeah, but I feel like that's not normal for November 3rd. But, like, Mm -hmm. by the time November comes around, I'm like, fuck, no. Yeah. Um, But today I went on a walk, and it was really nice. And I was, like, had to remind myself and appreciate the fact that there were still leaves on the trees and currently falling leaves and no snow and warm enough for me to take a walk in November without, like, layers and layers and layers. Because usually it's not. Usually the leaves have been gone. It's giving climate change. Yeah. And I dislike it. I'm living my best life. I'm loving it. You're like right capitalizing. Now it's, well, yeah. Like, right now it's cold enough to where it's not, like, scary to me. Like, yeah. I'm, like, really hot inappropriate days. I'm like, oh. Hot? Fuck. Cold? No. On, like, really hot days. Days In where it's, summer? like, November and it's really oh. hot. And yeah. And you're just like, oh, this is uncomfortable and Something's weird. Something's off. Those give me anxiety. But this is, like, it's chilly enough. Yeah. I feel... Like, I went out early to my car this morning to warm it up. So, I feel like that kind of is... I was wondering why you left so early. Well, and I wanted to go get coffee at an out-of-the-way place. Oh. So... Cute. That's a nice way to spend your day. Twas the goal. But, yeah, I went out and I had to warm my car because it's a thing you have to do. And every time I do it, I'm like doing it because otherwise my dad would yell at me. Like, I'm doing it because my dad yelled at me enough times... That I need to warm my car up or it's going to explode. Yeah. Well, and it's just not, it's really hard on your engine to drive it if you haven't warmed it up at all. So even in like the summer months, I like chill in my garage for a minute before I put it in gear just so that like everything can calm down and get like acclimated. And Angela knows about cars. I, yeah. Angela's Megan Fox for more reasons than just the thumbs. Because Transformers ass bitch, like, what the hell? And I would fall for a man that said, I am weed. Like, that is really, like, tracks for me. That icky. That is your type of man. In the context of celebrities having weird fucking boyfriends. Yeah. Did you see mm-hmm. that Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson are, like, rumored to be, like... Absolutely stop. I've been hearing a lot about him, but I did not know it was because of Kim Kardashian. It's because of Kim Kardashian. Big dick energy. All of me is wondering what the fuck. He's fucking his way through Hollywood. He good for I him. I no, I love that for him, but like Random. in regards to her, I'm like, what's going on, Kimmy? <laughs> what is she going through for him? I'm like, period. If I had a big dick and was the talk of the town, I too would fuck Absolutely. random but people. But Bessie, you have four kids with Kanye by Kanye West. West. He like, is a little volatile. We don't know what he's gonna do next. And you talk your fucking Pete Davidson is like. SNL is low-key funding this, allegedly. I just, in my head, am imagining, like, SNL writing checks in the background, like, stir it up. Who's our biggest shit Do you think is? that's what happened, though? Like, it started on SNL? Because, like, she was just the host. Oh, my God, she was just on SNL. Yeah. I was, yeah, that makes sense. I'm thinking of it as, like, you know, they had a little chemistry, the fucking head SNL I person. also think that, like, Kimmy was like, we're talking a little too much about Courtney and her whacked-ass fiancé. Let's move on to... Yeah. Another mediocre white man. I don't know. I really? love Pete Davidson and I think he's hot. But he's like, hot. And he definitely has big dick energy. But oh. I'm just very confused. Ginormous. About the turn to Kim Kardashian. Like that's so, weird to me. I have a hard time with celebrities in general. But specifically the Kardashians. Seeing them as. Seeing the things they do and put into the media as. Individual person's actions. Instead of brand yeah. plotting. Oh, absolutely. As a genuine at all. Yes. 
So And that's why I think too, like her or like Courtney, okay, she got engaged, like yeah. she's gonna be a family now. There's going to be less to talk about, like Right. And just the fact that whenever things going on with them, it either was plotted by a manager or a momager or someone, or it is going to be used to plot their next business, Brando, post, whatever, whatever. And like That's why I'm wondering what the fuck does P. Davidson have to he's, offer? hot he's a hot commodity right now um, he's the talk of the town it also feels like using like why aren't, was there Addison- chi- aren't there child labor laws banning kim kardashian from boning pete davidson i hate you <laughs> i was gonna say like why do you think addison ray became friends with courtney kardashian this summer like sure they might actually get along yeah that but was fucking do we weird. think that that 19 year old showed up to their house just without Courtney Kardashian there to have dinner with the family on her own volition. Like, or even if she wasn't getting paid for it. Like, you don't think that she signed an NDA. Well, you don't no, think but she... like, there's also, like, whatever reason would anyone show up to have dinner with Courtney Kardashian? Like, well, and if she always... was like, listen, bitches, I'll put your podcast on my story if you come sign an NDA, we would be like... Period. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm there. Yeah. I, your face told me you were going to have a different reaction. I was like, wait a minute. You're not willing to sell your soul to Kourtney Kardashian? It depends on the, how much money, honestly. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Like, and how much clout. And the extent of the NDA, I but, feel Because like. I right. want to talk about it a little bit. Honestly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just have a hard time. Because I... Right, they don't portray themselves as, like, individual. It's just everything is very branded. Everything, everything is, is very branded. calculated and very branded. Which means everything they do on the internet and in the media mm-hmm. Is for content, is for hype, is for. Clout. I'm also wondering how it's different for her. This swings it back to a little bit more of an individualistic take. Yeah. Um, I wonder how it is for her going in and dating someone after being with Kanye because, like, he went through her closet. He changed her. Like, not that she wasn't like, yeah, a boss in her own right before. Changed her whole per- like, but image. like he changed her image, and I think. The way she carries herself, like, what she wears, what she does now, like, the mm-hmm. types of brand deals that she takes. Like, she got robbed by... Thing. Like, he changed her, and, like, I think it's borderline controlling and weird and whatever. She got robbed by niggas in Paris for him. Amazing. That was good. Thank you. Um, I just, yeah, I have a hard time. It's celebrities. I have a weird, like, love-hate relationship with, like, I love knowing about... Um, like, celebrity news, and I really loved that, like, growing up, like, magazines, like, Seventeen Magazine was my shit in middle school, but, like, I do kind of have a hard time now as an adult seeing what they do and, like, taking it on the same value as, like, an interpersonal, real-life conversation I have, whereas I think people do that and don't see every single post as content that they are being paid for, and they are in some way. Absolutely, I agree. I wish that there was more lying in, like, tabloids. Yeah. I just always, everything I see, like, at the grocery store checkout line, I assume to be, like, a bold-faced lie. Yeah. And most of the time, it's not. Like, that shit comes to fruition. And I'm like, huh, it's, you're not bold-faced lying to me. Like, it is I, weird. When the tabloids, unfortunately, outed... Caitlyn is trans because like yeah. no one should be outed that way. Mm-hmm. Fuck Caitlyn Jenner. Um, fuck you, Katie. Fuck you, Katie. I just think that 
I was immediately like, you're fucking lying. And then it was like, no, they're not lying. Mm-hmm. And like, I've rarely seen a big headline like that that's like yeah. a lie. And I'm like, I wish there was more lies. What was your favorite tabloid story? My favorite tabloid story? Or like story. something that you remember like hitting and being on the front page of every magazine that you were like, okay, eating this shit up. I, oh, on the front page of magazines. Okay, so I have, okay, the one I think I remember best was I was very much into Disney Channel. Okay. And into like the web, the website. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember, but you used to be able to go and click on the show and then they'd have games. And on the bottom, you scroll past the game and it was like, um, like a little send us an email, essentially. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? It would be like, yeah, write sure. to Zach and Cody. And you would put a little subject yeah. and you'd say, I love you, Cody, so much. Zach, you're kind of cool too. Uh, and so I did things like that. And so when Vanessa Hudgens' nudes got leaked. Oh my God. And I was a media-obsessed drama queen with a hidden porn addiction at 11. I really, like, really processed a lot of that media. Um in the terms of like literally emailing on the Disney Channel website and saying <laughs> justice for Vanessa Hutchins and like but also like reading magazines about it and then there was this weird corner of the internet that was like um you know those games that were like dress the Barbie doll mm-hmm. but it was like undress the whatever undress Vanessa Hutchins and you had to like play a stupid game to un whatever so I think that one had legs for me. That one. That one had legs for you. Yeah. Mine all revolve around like men losing their fucking minds. Mm. So number one, I think of Tiger Woods. And okay. Tiger Woods just being fucking insane and like. Yeah. Didn't he like wreck a car and he was like cheating on his wife and he was going on all these benders. He that had one, a quick downfall. Yeah, that he one had a lot so of weight fast. for me, and I remember just like giggling the whole time because I was like, "What did you think he was doing?" And then in that same, like, stroke, John Goslin had a pretty quick downfall that I really enjoyed. So, I think And now Tiger... I'm thinking of Charlie Sheen. Like, I also really okay. enjoyed that little tiny moment in history where Charlie Sheen was just being a coked out fucking mess. So, I think that, well, I only perceived Tiger Woods as, like, a Wheaties box character, essentially, as a child. Because, I mean, he was America's mulatto, you know? Like... You know, we were rooting for him. He was, I had, he was doing great light skin see, scenes. See, I had no, like, context for any of that because as not a light skin, you know? Yeah. I wasn't, like... The lightest of And skins. I also didn't have a dad, so there was no, like, golf in my house. Like, I didn't know shit other than, like, I thought golf was a dumb white man sport. It is. And then, you know... Yeah. I had, like, without the language, assigned, like, Tiger Woods to be, like... Right. Okay. And then, honestly, and then that happened, and I was like, "Well, yeah, that's what you get for playing around in your little polo shirts, making all that money." Who right. didn't think he was sticking his dick in things and putting things up his nose and crashing cars? Like, you, you really didn't think that was happening? Get the fuck out of here! I think we've had seen kind of the breaking of the fourth wall with celebrities in maybe the last like decade. Of I feel like I grew up and it was like I believed that a lot of these celebrities had these shiny facades of like, or like Angelina and Brad. Like, I feel like I grew up with them as 
this like poster couple of adopting international children and doing whatever and being this Hollywood power couple. Um, and since then they've gotten divorced, but like one of those things where I feel like I, they were just a, sh a shiny, perfect example of Hollywood. Like they were un unmarkable. You couldn't do anything to them. Like they were just a perfect. I think maybe part of that's growing up though. Cause let's that's not true. pretend that like anyone had like their illusions growing up. About um, any celebrities in any generation and then we're disillusioned as they grow up. Because celebrities have always been drug addicts and cheaters for as long as... Very true. Very true. That makes sense. You know what I mean? I think part of that's growing up. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, I'm Maya. And my pronouns are she and her. I'm a fat, black, femme, lesbian, and radical. I think I have now made that a pillar of my personality. Uh, is being a radical. And today I identify as a mid-2000s Disney Channel original movie rom-com star. Oh my god, that's really cute. I very much perceive myself in that way. I'm like, everything is just leading up to the big romantic gesture. Everything is a big act of like drama. Everything is just drama, drama. And like really growing up. I was like, I am Raymond Simone. I have the cool outfit. I'm wearing a skirt over jeans. Like, people fall you in line. You can't tell me shit. Fall in line, bitch. Right. <laughs> I'm that bitch. I know this. I knew good drama. I knew how to use a tampon. I read the magazines. I have read all the Twilights in less than a week. Killing that shit. To quote Flo Millie, I walk around like that bitch. Quite literally. So, yeah. and I still feel that way. I just, um do it differently now as an adult nice yeah how cool. about you my name is angela my hi pronoun angela hi my pronouns are they them um and i oh i just today i identify as someone who's doing their best okay because I think really I'm just doing my best in life. I'm really giving my best. Today I went on a walk. I keep the house as clean as I can. I eat as healthy as I can. Yeah. And want to. But the doctor still tells you to eat Cheerios. I've been thinking about my cholesterol a lot lately. And it's been weighing on my mind. But like I've really come to the conclusion that I'm doing my best. Angela is 57. <laughs> it has high cholesterol. And like, I just identify as a middle-aged man who's doing their best. Like, um, you're like a middle-aged man who's like started taking out one pop a day. Like he's doing, he's <laughs> making an effort. He started like flossing. Like he like really, th he's like, he's like, Literally I'm doing things. That and then like the combination with like physical therapy and those little exercises that yeah. they want me to do for my back. And I'm like trying to remember to do them twice a day or whatever. Mm. And whatever. Doing I don't want to, but like I'm doing my best in all aspects. You're I trying. Think that's really, yeah. And like this week, I feel like I've been kind of a mediocre student. Like I skipped class today and I've really been like, not like getting behind but like not watching my lectures at my normal time and stuff that I'd normally would on normal weeks because I had an exam this week. Yeah. So I've just been focusing on studying for that. And I just feel like, but I'm giving my best. That's all I have to offer. Yeah. You're trying and shit. What can you ask for? More than trying. Right. I'm doing my best. So I think that's how I identify today as a middle-aged man doing their best. <laughs> that's awesome. That's amazing. I love that.
Thank you. Okay, we are gonna jump in. So we're gonna do another um, follow me down my ADD spiral. And essentially what I wanted, what the topic I started with, let me give you a quick preview, is phobias, mm-hmm. right? So I wanna talk about phobias. I okay. then um, fell down the rabbit hole as I do yeah. about language. And so uh, phobias took me to nonce words, um, which are essentially kind of like makeshift one-time words. We'll get into that. Nonce words took me to the WUG test and how, stu- and how children learn language, which mm-hmm. we've touched on briefly, but I did kind of I love deep the dive. WUG test. Okay, you know about the WUG test. Awesome. So exciting. Yes. So the WUG test and how children learn language. Then the woman who created the WUG test was a bad bitch in psycholinguistics. So I fell down a rabbit hole about her. And then I came back out of that. There was some more stuff about language that I chose to cut out because I, all I do is talk about language. And I went back to phobias and then and we're going to talk about, we're going to get back to phobias. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so it's all going to come full circle and we're all going to be okay. We just got to hell yeah hold on to our pants just and gotta, really keep it pushing. Yeah, you got to follow my wild train of thinking. So uh, I wanted to talk about phobias um, just because I have some... You, I have a couple irrational phobias, and whenever I tell people, they have wild reactions. So yeah, I just wanted to research that. Angela, do you have any phobias? Um. So I guess the closest thing I have to like a phobia is I can't really just um. Mm-hmm. I mm, okay. <laughs> I think it would be classified as, like, agoraphobia. Um, yeah. I originally thought it was claustrophobia. Okay. Um, and I do have a little bit of both. I really don't. Like, my... Whatever. So, tell us what agoraphobia is and why it's not claustrophobia. Um, so, I th- here, I'll start with why I thought it was claustrophobia. So, like, I really don't like in classrooms sitting in, like, a middle seat or a middle desk or being far away from the door. And, like, it is really specifically mostly related to classrooms. Uh, at this point in my life um but even like movie theaters I don't like to be in the direct middle like I like to know escape routes should some should I start to freak out and need to leave um and I always just thought that was claustrophobia and that like I felt like the walls were closing in around me and that like I was trapped and that I didn't have enough space well as one earning a psych degree does you learn more things as one doing the work to learn about themselves exactly yeah well i stumbled upon this because of my studies and not because of any internal reflection well you still reflected on it did you not this is true you don't be reflecting so agoraphobia is the fear of being in like a social situation having a panic attack and then all of the negative horrible consequences that will come from having a panic attack in public, not being able to leave, being stuck somewhere, just like these really huge consequences that are not realistic at all and that you will not make it out of a panic attack. And you will, and it's fine. But then agoraphobia translates into then people start avoiding going certain places or leaving the house at all. And so a lot of times people think agoraphobia is just refusing to leave the house, which is not quite what's going on there. It's a deeper... Anxiety, And that's like an extreme version that maybe some people have. Right. But it's not all agoraphobia is. Exactly. Yeah. And my personal agoraphobia is related to classrooms. Okay. Yeah. So, right. Phobias, um, 
just another word for like anxieties, right? Yeah. Things that freak you out for not usually a logical reason, or they freak you out to an extent that isn't logical. Right. Or, you know, that you could guess. So, uh, phobias, having a phobia is the most common mental illness, supposedly. Mm-hmm. I found that in a couple places. It seemed questionable, but they said that women are more likely to have phobias than men. Don't know what that says about you. Well, I think it's because um, it's an anxiety disorder, right? Yeah. Which is why it's so common. Right. And the things, because you can um, develop phobias, like, later in life, it's not always the ones that you have as a child. Sometimes mm-hmm. they stay or go away. Right. Uh, that if you're more prone to having anxieties and things like that. Well, and we talk about them mostly solely through an anxiety mm-hmm. disorder perspective, not... I think you'd be hesitant to find someone, I don't know, in... Yeah. The psychology field that would classify it as, like, phobias are the most prevalent mental disorder, like, as it's phobias its own classification. I don't know. Maybe. Right. Well, phobias, because it, that means you have anxiety. Right. Right. It's and an it could be a, spe- it's a specific right. anxiety. It's like me and my friend were talking about the other day. Um, she asked me, like, what do you know about OCD? And I was like, well, as far as I know, it's not just the obsessions and the compulsions themselves it's an anxiety disorder like it stems from anxiety yeah it's not the primary yeah problem so yeah right so sorry that was like very nitpicky no you're right yeah it's it's important to think about what really where it sits Mm -hmm. as far as um diagnosing and then how it plays out in your life right so you went the psychology way i said phobia that's pretty interesting in greek and (laughs) And looked at it as words. Um, so they're very, very common. And so one of the definitions I found, right, are these um, typically viewed as irrational, unique um, anxieties and fears. Uh, but most phobia names are known as nonce words. Have you ever heard of a nonce word? No. What might you think a nonce word is? Well, judging on context clues from what you said earlier, uh-huh. a word that's only used in oh, yeah. that certain mm-hmm. context. I, I, did, I did already tell you that. So, yeah. <laughs> it's also known as an occasionalism. Okay. So, well, uh, that's kind of cute. I know, right? Occasionalisms. So, something that you are using f- the way I would define it is for the one time. I, too, would say for the one time. You're just like, I need this word for the one time right now. I just need to make a word for it. Trying it out for the one time. Like, literally. Yeah. They didn't say that, but I think they should. We did. So. We did, so it's law. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, another definition was, like, um, a word or phrase coined for a, spe- a particular occasion. I thought that was kind of interesting, because, like, are all words not coined for particular occasions? I needed a word for when my feet leave the ground at the same time, so I said jump. Like, that's the occasion. But I think it really has to do with more that they are newer additions to the language. Well, and I also think that it's, you can be jumping in a lot of different contexts. Yeah. But I think this is implied that it's in one specific context. Yeah. For the one time. I was, yeah, but I, when I was thinking occasion, I was thinking party. And there's only ever that one party, you I know? was thinking soiree. <laughs> one soiree where that word becomes relevant so there's only one time you ever need to say soiree that's not true oh my god (laughs) (laughs) i think soiree is a word i really like okay i don't feel like i say soiree much but it is a great word i feel like i always say it in like a soiree 
Yeah, in like a, I'm being a dick way, like mm-hmm. a little soiree. But then every time I say it, I feel like it's funny and fancy. fancy. Yeah, yeah, it is fancy. I feel like I'm standing in an old timey department store <laughs> buying a dress for a soiree. I love that. So the example they gave um, was, <laughs> you're gonna hate this. <laughs> um, the word, if you needed a word for a female painter, no, a paintrix. Paintrix. <laughs> Paint, R I X. Paintrix. Oh, yeah. I my, feel like the X makes it gender neutral. My, I know there's no, like, rule on that, but, like, I... Paintress. And that's totally what I thought you were going to say was paintress. <laughs> like, paintress. Well, the point is it's supposed to be kind of nonsensical. So it doesn't necessarily follow the rules of words. That's... Okay. Right. So you might oh, say okay. paintress because that follows a pattern we know. But if you're, like... I don't I'm know. I'm about to... I'm using that word. Paintrix? Yeah. It's funny. So, yes. The example is Paintrix. It's always funny. <laughs> <laughs> and so, the words that are made on purpose and are typically nonsensical nonsensical or obscure. So, it might be a, a word like Paintstress that follows one of those rules, but no one ever says fucking Paintstress. Okay. So, it's a nonce word. And then it said it's usually... Or it's often used um, in the study of language development in children. I was just going to say, I'm thinking of a lot of the words my children use. Because they're like, the fuck are these words I need a word for right now? They're like, I've never been to the beach before. What is the the loose grass? They're like, I need a word for right now because I've never seen. One of my favorite, and it is, it's not nonsensical, but it's my favorite. One of my kids calls um, a horse or like a unicorn a neigh. Oh. It's my nay. And I'm like, it is. You're right. It is a nay. It's a nay. So kids do it naturally because they don't know all the rules that we exactly. attribute to language. So that led me to um, the WUG test. And so you know what the WUG test is. It's very big in talking about child development, um, language acquisition, and psycholinguistics, which is psychology and the study of language. So you tell me when you learned about the WUG test. Um, I feel like we've talked about it in a couple different classes. I think we really hit it home. I had like a developmental psych class over the summer and um, we were talking about language and language acquisition and that's also where I learned um, about like gendering changes how you speak about things but um, I think the WUG test is they give a child a word and see if they use it correctly in right. like different forms right? right in like the past tense plural see tense. what words they make up yeah like make up a word yeah like the wug is not a real word so mm-hmm. make up other words related to wug and then see do they and if they can they... like attribute those words to yep so then how they apply those skills right mm-hmm. are they just like i never seen this shit before i can't make any words right so kind of studying and that. And that would be a stupid outcome because they've never seen a lot of words before. Right. They're well, going to use them. Depends on their age. But, yes. So, um, the person who made the WUG test is psycholinguist Jean Burko Gleason. Baddest bitch to ever touch psycholinguistics. She has so many accolades. She's written so many papers. She's gotten, like, honorary doctorates as, like, just an academic, not a celebrity. You know what I mean? We love that for her. She's so cool. And yet people won't shut the fuck up about Noam Chomsky. Exactly. And this bitch exists. Exactly. So Jean, cool ass woman. She's still alive. She's like 91. And so she's the founding mother of psycholinguistics. 
And she was... This we should is, send her a postcard. I think we should. We should send her the link to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, girl, justice for Jean. Hey, we really Jean. did it for you. I'm here for you, Jean. We showing out for you, Jean. Right. And so this... We're going to further divulge into it. I got a little sidetracked. She was the first person to study the acquisition of politeness. Oh. So I didn't go super far into that. Um, didn't want to get too off topic, but I think that's so interesting um, because she studied like, when do kids start to say thank you and please and sorry? And do, what, how, when do they do it alone? And when do they do it when their parents there? And when do they do it when their parents there and prompts them? Is it different when the mom is there or the dad is there? This is what really freaks me out about wanting to do conduct research in psychology is that people study the most interesting shit, right? But it's such simple concepts yeah. that I feel like whenever I think about like, well, what would I want to study or like, what do I want to look at? I'm always like, I feel like overthinking it. And thinking it's the nichest thing. I know. I got to be a better shitty. Yeah, you do need to be better shitty. Because especially when you're getting into like research, research, like writing papers and experiments. Right. And you have to you study have to tiny things. The tiniest thing to study. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully over your career, you study a bunch of things around that tiny thing. But you still. And you can come to maybe a little bit broader of conclusions. Right. But that's about it. Right. Yeah. It's very uh, interesting how specific they get. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and it, it, it's funny because I saw my baby cousin this week. My youngest cousin is four. His name is Dylan. He's in a very hyperactive phase. He's, he is a wild child. Four-year-olds are fucking insane. He is a wild child. Truly, it makes no sense. And um, this weekend I saw him um, for Halloween. And I don't know what I was giving him. Maybe um, a toy or something or food. And he, like, reached his hand out for it. And I said, what do you say? Because that's what you say to kids. I said, what do you say? And he goes, thank you. And I was like, because he, like, what do you say? It could be please. It could be sorry. It could be thank you. It could just be use your words and say what you need. And so he filled in the blank enough times with thank you that he just assumed that's the polite. Polite is only thank you. He that's doesn't, cute. He doesn't have the context to know what type of polite I wanted at the time. So, I just think that's interesting, right? They're just like, and they don't have any um, really purpose for it. They're doing it, like they're parroting it because we teach kids to parrot and that's how we teach them politeness, mm-hmm. which is a whole different thing. Like, can you teach kids politeness without parroting? Can you teach them like, if you want things, if you need to communicate things, can you communicate without just Communicate your feelings, not just... Because you can't teach them genuine gratitude. No, not at that age, but, like... You can teach them how to express gratitude, but you can't right. teach them to have it every exactly. time. And that's what it feels like. When yeah. you just, say, like, say, 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 say thank you, you're teaching them to just parrot that they need to say thank you. Not that they should be happy that someone did something for them. Okay, sidebar. Okay. I... That's a big debate that we talk about at work a lot because some teachers are really big on say please say thank you and yeah. especially a lot of that goes down to meal time right because that's yeah. the easiest time they're all sitting right and that's when i'm blatantly giving everyone something and right taking care of something for you um some teachers hate it okay some teachers will not give food until someone says please it's too much but like we're never going to not give you food right but like some teachers really just don't and it is wrote just parrot what i said to you yeah parrot the response Mm -hmm. and so 
if your goal is to make them like answering machines where I say, what do you say? And they say, thank you. I give them, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is, then I guess you're achieving your goal. But if the goal is like when someone does something for you, like, does that make you happy? Like, tell them that it made you happy. That's a different concept than I, tell yeah. them thank you. I personally think we start too young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think, you know, with, um, I work in the two-year-old classroom. They don't know what they're saying. They're, they are parroting. Right. Um, and, you know, when they get, like, closer to three, I'm able to tell them, like, hey, that's what happened. You know, like, when someone's doing something they don't have to do. But two-year-olds don't understand that. We're just right. making them say, please, thank you. And, you know, trying to punish them or not punish them for using right. using their quote-unquote manners. And it's like, okay, I... So I think and it's they can't have manners. Start- they're children. Like right, they don't. I mean, no, well, I don't know that children. I started saying genuinely thank like, you, thank you until like recently. Well, yeah, because we're taught that it's just the response. Yeah, that is just the response, but also it's something that I want to say more. Right, because you you but in like a genuine way of like what people are helping is. me. Yeah. yeah. Because when do you learn what gratitude is? That could be maybe you're eight. I don't know. Maybe whatever. Maybe you never come to realize that. But I think politeness is interesting. Yeah, and I have a much weirder relationship with please than I do with thank you. Oh, interesting. She talked about I'm sorry too. And how they say, like, when do they learn? When do they acknowledge that they have genuine regret? As opposed to just saying I'm sorry because that is what you say. Is way right. later. It's so like when way, I worked way, with way older kids, um, my boss and I'm agree with this was really big on saying like you hey, boss. You, hey, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, wink. You did a great job, and you're still doing a great job. You're doing a great job. <laughs> um, but she was really big on you don't tell them to say sorry because I don't get to control them like that. However, you can say like. I think the other person would really appreciate if they heard that you were sorry, but I'm not going to tell you what to do. Yeah. And I think that's a big deal, right? It's like taking in like, if you want to say sorry, because it probably would make that other person feel better. Right. You should do it's that. Bring it to other, their level. Exactly. Bring it to their level of and that hurts people's, what you did, whatever hurts people's feelings, makes people feel bad. And I know when my feelings feel bad, I appreciate an apology. And exactly. then that's saying, if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. And that's much easier to do with elementary age kids which was right. the kids i was working with as opposed to two-year-olds i hear all right. the time people tell go tell your friend sorry and i'm like it's wild to expect that of a baby it is and like the friend that hears like they don't even look up from their fucking toys because they, they also don't know on. like they yeah. don't care it's a weird expectation so mm-hmm. maybe we'll get more into politeness i think it's really interesting and i hadn't really ever thought about studying it before so bad bitch gene backing up uh, so she developed put it in reverse. Terry. Put it in reverse. So she um, wanted to study tra- children's acquisition of morphological rules. Mm-hmm. So morphology uh, is the study of words or linguistic morphology, the study of words, their structure and their relation to each other. So it kind of is similar to like etymology of like the roots and stems of words of like how did we come. From to have this word as what it means today. Mm-hmm. So when do children stop just parroting thank you and realize that that's a thing you say like after you did something wrong or did something, whatever. You know what I mean? Right. When do they attribute meaning to those words? Right. So she wanted to study that and her claim or kind of her hypothesis was that um, 
Young children, they possess Im implicit knowledge of this morphology. So they automatically know what these words and the feelings they are attributed to them, right? So we'll find out that that was proved false. That Well, not all children. It starts at a certain age. So before, I really was say It can't just be like intrinsic to human nature. Right. So being able to split it by age group. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So some examples of this, I'm going to, I brought visuals. Especially when you try to relate feelings with intrinsic things because like. Right. My mind immediately goes to like people on the autism spectrum who have a hard time. Um, yeah understanding feelings so to say like an overall blanket statement that all kids just know it yeah weird it is strange right so the idea that you eventually learn that skill is true but it just is not from birth so i wanted to give some examples of the wug test which is when she would make up words like wug that are plausible mm -hmm. but not english words and then um ask to ask kids questions about them so i have some examples for you so, they always came with, like, cute little doodles. Oh, I loved these. So, there's a picture of a funky little peep-looking burb, and it's burb. 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 Well, it's a burb and a wug. And it's for this one soiree. <laughs> so, Angela, do you want to read to us what that wug says? Image one says, this is a wug. Now there's another one. There are two of them. There are two blanks. There are two what's? There are two wugs. There are two wugs. Mm-hmm. So a wug is not a real thing. You've never heard anyone say wugs before. And as a child, if you've learned that when there are more than one of something, you usually say, add an S on the end, you've learned that morphological clue, that multiple things adds an S typically. Yeah. So wug turns to wugs. Um, children typically ages three to four can do that. Children typically younger than three cannot because they can only parrot words they've known before. So if you said, um, maybe you live somewhere, maybe you talk about trees a lot in your house. So that two-year-old hears your parents talk about trees all the time. So if you say, oh, there's one tree, they'll go, okay, there are five trees or there are multiple trees because they've heard that word before. They just know that that's the plural, whereas they've never heard anyone say wug, so they don't know. Right. At that age. So you're looking for, yeah, if they know the rule. Yep. Or it can apply that. that they really rule. are at a parroting phase. Yeah. They just say whatever. They say whatever. One of my kids <laughs> said to her mom the other day, she walked around her, she's called someone a turd butt. <laughs> and her That's mom so said, where have you heard that before? Or did someone call you that? And she said, yeah, Angela calls me. Oh that. my and God. And I was like, ah. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh. Well, don't be a turd butt. I know. Some I'm people are turd like, butts. Come here, turd. <laughs> yes. So there are lots of these cute examples. I have a couple more for you. Um, you might not be able to read that second picture, but it's a funky looking hand-drawn dog. And it says, I will read it to you. This dog is, has, no, this dog is covered. No. It says, this Thank is you. a, this is a dog with quirks on him. He is covered with quirks. What kind of dog is he? He is a blank dog. A cork dog. Wrong. <laughs> I, it doesn't sound like that to me either, but... So this is the possess... Is like, um, what is it he called? He is a quirky dog. He's a quirky dog. Right. So this is a different I, It didn't sound correct to me either. I was struggling. Like, <laughs> Every 
week I get on this podcast and I'm exposed <laughs> as an idiot. Right. So taking the made up part of quirk, quark or whatever it is, and <laughs> attributing it, what is something that has quirks, a quirky thing, right? So they test different things, pluralization, that um, one you just did is um, about agent nouns, which are nouns that give agency. So here's one for you. A man who zibs is a what? A zibber? Is a zibber. Mm-hmm. So you gave the noun zib agency, you attribute it to a person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another example is compound words, uh, like why is a birthday called a birthday? Because it's the day you were birthed. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So can you think through, I know this is two separate words put together, and there's a reason why these two words have been put together. That's my favorite type of nerdy shit. Like, <laughs> that right there really, like, lubes my gears. Ew. I was going to say grinds my gears. And then I was it like, loops. No, that's not it. It, it lubes them. It they be, lubes them. They be moving smoothly. <laughs> I hate that. It's, it makes sense and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, okay. Do I have another one? Oh, yes. Um, is that the one about spow? Yes. Uh, okay, so this one says, this is a man who knows how to spow. He is spowing. He did the same thing yesterday. What did he do yesterday? Yesterday he... Well, it depends on what you want to say here. Okay. I would pluralize it as... He has spowing. He, I guess spowed is what you would add. Right. So the expected answer is spowed. I saw it and because I'm not a two-year-old said spoo. Okay, that's what I was going to say spew. Because like blow goes to blue. Exactly. So I was following that pattern too and I was. But they wouldn't know that. Maybe that would be a further what age do you start applying the um, irregulars. Right. Right. Of words like that. So. Just some fun things. And they just come with the cutest little doodles. I'll put them on our Instagram, but they are so cute. They do so have cute. really cute doodles. They're very adorable. This graphic with the dog that I could barely read because it was so fuzzy. Yeah. It's like when my professors answered a graphic and anything. <laughs> and they're like, answer a question about this chart. And I'm like, I can't read the fucking chart. Because they're like, I just, it got lost somewhere. I really didn't think. And at, I'm not going to re-scan They it. just want me to squint and get close to the screen like they do. Exactly. Like, <laughs> they're like, feel how I feel. They're like, it all looks like that to me. I can't tell that it's low resolution. So the findings of this experiment about the lug test um, were really, really exciting. They, that we now had um, a timeline for when children start to learn these um, grammatical rules, morphological rules. And the WUG test, I'm glad that you said you knew what it was. Um, because bitches love the WUG. Like, these academics were like, we love WUGs, bitch. Uh, so someone said that the WUG test is so widely used that it's no longer a pseudo word, which is why it's a nonce word. Oh. So before, WUG was a made-up word, but now it's in so many books and papers and people say it all the time because of this experiment that it is a nonce word is a word that only can be used to talk about this test. Okay. I was understanding, I'm sorry, won't? Notes? Notes. Like notes. once with an I N. was understanding notes words as like you literally only use it in one occasion. I think that would also work if you were like making it up on the fly. Right. But some of them go, grow larger than life. Okay. So that's kind of Which where... Which is where we came to phobias, because... Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Look at me. It is clicking, Angela. So, 
Um, right. So it's also an interesting line where some, so WUG can only be used to talk about the WUG test. It has no meaning outside of this test. So it's a nonce word, but it's been, because this experiment was so, um, successful, uh, it has been deemed, um, incredibly u- ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. And then someone said, uh, I don't know what ubiquitous means. I, it's okay. a word I hear a lot. Mm-hmm. I would like it defined. Yeah. Ubiquitous is like um, widespread, easy to find, common. Okay. okay cool. Common. So it's become so common or ubiquitous, um, like Kleenex or Xerox, which blew my mind because months ago I texted Angela in a flurry of, "Do you know what a proprietary eponym is?" And they do. And do you remember what we talked about ages ago? Yeah. I don't remember your example. I talked about one today. Oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Like- Today, I was talking to a two-year-old. <laughs> does. And we were sitting on a couch, and she points and says, what's that? As one does. And they were pointing to it, and I said, well, it's where we, like, clock in. And I said, well, that's an iPad. But it's, like, a knockoff iPad. So it's like right. an iPad, but less fancy. It's a tablet. And my boss said, yeah. They were like, Angela, you could just say tablet. And I was like... But iPad has become a proprietary eponym where we apply it to more things than just Apple-branded iPads. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, great example. She That two-year-old learned a lot today. Exactly. <laughs> my goal. So, things like Kleenex and Xerox are words that um, are brands. Mm-hmm. They're not uh, like... They're proper nouns, not regular nouns. So, yeah. Which I heard one the other day. I was watching the TV show Champagne, Illinois. Okay. <laughs> and they said that rollerblades? Yeah, rollerblades. And I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, inline skates. Yeah. 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 So, Weird. there's a brand like Rollerblades who becomes so big that their name is now the name for the thing. Like Kleenex and Q-tip and Xerox. Mm -hmm. Just instead of facial tissues and cotton swabs and copy machines. Or ear cleaners, as Danielle calls them. Or ear cleaners, I guess, if that's your thing. It's not a proprietary acronym. No. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Fuck is calling a Q-tip an ear cleaner. It's a little odd. But, so they were like, the WUG test has become so common... Um, of a used to be fake word that it's now essentially its own word like a proprietary eponym but then my question is once it's a proprietary eponym it holds its own power just how like google is now a verb if i say google it like that just means look it up you could put it in the ping search engine right you'd be like well i looked it up and you wouldn't technically be wrong i guess um so it that's kind of where i thought it was interesting like where does it toe the line of it's a false word, but it's so obscure that it stays a nonce word. Or it was a nonce word, and now it's so common that it is a proprietary eponym. Is Google a proprietary eponym? Because it's a noun. It's a verb. Do those make it different things? Is like uh, the verb to Google, would that be considered different than Google itself? Oh, that's true. Do you true. see what I'm yeah, trying I to say? Yeah, I see what you're saying, because it's both a noun and a verb. You're yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true, because I wouldn't be like... Well, I was going to say, you wouldn't be like Clorox, your, not Clorox, uh, Kleenex your nose. Right, it's exactly. It's a noun because it's a proper noun. So exactly, you would use a Kleenex. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Very interesting. I'm not sure. 
Think about that. Honestly, you think know. Think about it. You know what I'm thinking about is words. So, yes, <laughs> I will. I'll get back to you. I was literally, dry- I think I had gone to the pool that day, and you were with Danielle. So, we weren't together, surprisingly. And uh, I just was thinking. And yeah, I, was I remember, like, like, opening my phone to, like, six text and messages. I was like, Angela, what do you know about proprietary happenings? <laughs> I was, like, at every red light, like, what is Pepsi? What is Coca-Cola? Like, and this was another one of those signs that was, like, just fucking record your conversations about it every week. Because wild shit. I'd be talking about wild shit. So, that's kind of an interesting thing. Is it a nonce word if it's very common? Because the part of being nonce is it's obscure. Right. So things to think about um and so then when they asked two-year-olds what they um thought my favorite people on this earth babas so when they asked two-year-olds this is one wug now there are two the two-year-olds had no response not even like no not even just wug no because they have no concept they have no fucking idea and if you spent any time with any two-year-olds you'd know that (laughs) you ask them to count something and they just start going one two they don't attribute it four no nothing like they'll just sit there and count to ten and be like did i do good and you're like you did great because we treat them as memorization machines exactly we're like and people are like I think it's so weird when people are like, my kid's so smart, they know their ABCs, and I'm like, they have no fucking Do they know idea. what a letter is? Right, because when I wear my necklace that has an A on it, most of them point to it and go, apple. <laughs> Which, like, yes, A, apple, but not one of the same. A's are not all apples. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deep, deep tangent. That just really brought me back to this book I read in sixth grade, and it was about You remember so many of your... <laughs> YA books that you read, and I'm so jealous because I know there were some bangers in there. I, I just don't know how to find them because I, I would reread them. I used to read these fucking bangers. I was like, this is, whoa, this is wild. So there was this book, <laughs> and it was about these, like, settlers <gasps> in early the early United States. And so they had, they were going to, like, find a new life, and then they were going to send for their family. And it's this boy and his dad, and they're living in a cabin in the woods. They built a cabin. They're going to send for their family later. And they meet these um, Native Americans who they befriend. Listen, we understand that that's problematic and unrealistic. It was fiction. In fourth grade, I was like mind blown. And he agrees. So the younger Native boy knows how to speak English and their Native language. So he like is the go-between for trading. Um, so he, the white colonizer, colonizer, uh <laughs> is going to teach the native person how to read so that he can read the treaties and contracts he's signing. And the native person is going to help him, I don't know, whatever. Make leather. I don't know. And so I just remember he, him saying, okay, this is an A. A is like arm. Your arm starts with A. And he showed him a book, and the native character goes, this is stupid. Why do white people just write arm, 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 arm? This whole stupid page is full of arms. Why do you need a whole page of arms? Every word has an arm in it. What a terrible joke. <laughs> We've told some bad jokes, but what a horrible joke. Was that a, wait, was that a joke? It feels like it was a joke by the author. Like, I understand that, like, it was no, supposed he was to like, represent that, like... The name. <laughs> deep. It's deep. What? Well, yeah. But, like, as an adult, I'm like, that's a bad joke. Mm-hmm. And he was like... And then he was like... And then I realized Native people have arms. But that's what it sounded like to me in that white savior ass book. What it sounded like to me was like, 
And then I realized, a backhanded oh. way to be like, Native people are stupid. They don't understand that. I mean, essentially. Are. Yeah. And I hate that. I also kind of viewed it as like, reading is harder than we think it is. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's what they were trying to get across. But to me, it but was a terrible it's condescending. Joke. It's horribly condescending to be like, the Natives needed the white person in the cabin to learn how to survive. Because otherwise they'd just think books and arm. And it's like, well, listen, buddy. They were dr- they, they, they got did, their language across with graphics. They so did who's the so fucking much. idiot now? Literally, they did so much. They so. knew how to leather. You didn't. <laughs> exactly. Way more useful. Yes, Angela. Can I? I got to get something out that's unrelated to this. There's a bunch of really old like encyclopedias and also books that cover like random topics and I'll FaceTime you next time I'm at work. We're free to take any of them and I asked because you know, of that's you. that's my thing. I know. So remind me on Friday to FaceTime okay. you on my break so I can grab whatever ones you want. There's one that's like all about me. It's hilarious. Some of them are like, it's amazing. Oh and my they're God. all from like. You know I love random the 60s. Shit. So they're all Oh my God. Amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. Angela, I'm so There's excited. There's like a whole set of encyclopedias so I can bring home whatever you want. And I just that's had to tell you before thing. I let them like throw them away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so oh my god. No, don't throw them away. I I mean I'm so excited. Okay. Shut up. I'm so excited. Oh my god. Great. <laughs> I found myself saying that at work. So I'm like, Maya, look at this. I'm like, oh my god, shut up. And I was like, shut up. I know. I'm like, I'm... I'm like, oh my god, shut up. And I'm like, just kidding. Like, my boss is boss. Right. No, no. Like, shut up. Or like <laughs> And they're okay, like mine's with kids, but I say things like <laughs> somebody will start crying and I'll be like, chill out. And then like, they're like you know, I'm about to really comfort you and take care of you, but at first I'm Chill out. With kids, it's different, though, because you're like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to be okay. Yeah, but then somebody else turns to them and says, yeah, chill out. And I'm like, Cut. No, because they mean it. They're like, yeah, how dare you need me to survive while I'm being paid to keep you to survive, to keep you surviving. No more. No more. Yeah. Well, no, I just meant another child would turn to them. Oh, I thought you meant one of your wild ass coworkers. <laughs> no, but then, like, for a couple weeks like every time somebody else would start crying at least one of my kids would turn to them and go chill out and i was like that's adorable though so cute they just know that's what you say when someone's not great social skills like hey could you chill out maybe please it'd be good to chill out i enjoy it if your vibe match my vibe and we both chill out we be vibing right now no (laughs) so uh so yes that's the two-year-olds because they memorize now, something I also found was that um, in Japanese, so they've done this in multiple languages, bilingual um, people. Which is fantastic, because half the time they fucking don't, and they're like, this what white people do. There's no other language. This what affluent white people do. Exactly. So, in Japanese, where there is no difference between a plural and a singular noun, um, they have no issue, even at two, because they know that one is the same as multiple. Right, because it doesn't matter if there's one wug... 50 wug. It's the same word. It was implied mm-hmm. by me putting the number first. So they're still following their, the grammatical rules according to their language. Right, which is something they talk about in the Ebonics episode of You're Wrong About. Yeah. Because it's implied right. by the exactly. number coming first. So then you would have to change the wug test to not a noun. You're right. It could be one of those um, agent agent nouns or like you're attributing it to someone because if you're just doing it based on plurals you're not going to get data about japanese children because that doesn't mean shit to them and lots of other cultures that right and lots of other languages that don't have plurals like that yeah Mm -hmm. so uh, right and then once they get to typically four and when i say typically i also think it's important to talk about 
Like when they say your kids should be doing this at eight months, this at 18 months, this, at, you know, those are very rough guidelines. Sometimes I do it before that. Sometimes I do it after that. And they're most likely going to be fine. And trust me, they will be fine. They... I've had children be silent and then one day they come in and they have so many things to say. have all the words. Your children will be fine. And even if something is uh, different, maybe they are acquiring language or the way their brain works is different, they're probably going to be fine. And they're... you're just going to have to figure out how to work with them because no matter what they're going to be fine Literally. but they're not as different as you think they, they might not be your memorization machine and what's going to happen is you're going to need to change they don't need to change god forbid you need to change and provide them with different things i wonder what this would look like for sign language i have i didn't think about that before interesting you know Who what knows? i mean yeah that's interesting i haven't thought about that but yeah so, I guess it would follow whatever kind of rules sign language follows. So right. So what would be... 50 WUG in sign language and there's be, no S. Mm-hmm. You know so what would be the grammatical rules they're testing for? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So right, the typical four-year-old um, knows that you would change a WUG to the plural of WUGs with an S. Um, so they know there's that rule and they can apply it. So that's the big thing is not just knowing it exists, but knowing how to apply it to words I've never heard before. So uh, that's kind of the end of our deep dive on the WUG test. We're going to go a little bit further into the cool shit that this woman, Jean, did, who invented the WUG test. I'm excited. She wrote a paper. I... Did you read it? I have not. I couldn't find it for free, but I damn near might buy it. Uh, Oh, no, it's not a paper. It's a book from 1975. I read this title and I screamed. It's called Fathers and Other Strangers, Men's Speech to Young Children. Jean, you stone-cold, bad-ass... Bitch. She said fathers and other strangers. She said packing a punch in every word. And then it's an academic, well-cited, reputable... It's amazing. It gives me the same feeling as when Sarah Marshall on You're Wrong About is always like, strangers aren't going to murder and rape you. It's your family. Same feeling. I was- <laughs> same exactly. feeling. It's just like being academically real. Like, let's yeah, not play the like game. Like, factually. Yeah. Met fathers, fathers and other strangers. And other strangers. Yeah. So um, I didn't get a chance to read this paper yet. I really want to. So I too would love to. I read, That's why I was asking. I was going to say forward it to me. Honestly. I read um, a couple of synopsis of the experiment and then of their findings. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. So they were studying um, the difference between mothers and fathers. Apparently there are no other parents, but... The difference between mothers and fathers and how they speak to their children. In 1975, there were no other parents. There weren't even fathers. They were just mothers and strangers. Yes. So um, they found, Jean found, that mothers use less complex language than fathers when they're talking to the kids. So I think that's interesting because I think we're going to get into the reason men suck. But I think that is interesting to say that I think our t- a lot of the stereotypical mothering babying caretaker things are like baby talk little blah 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 blah, which is is not beneficial to children i feel like i'm talking about my kids too much but we're also kind of we're talking about kids we're kids centered right now yeah um you do both right like ideally you do both so i'll say a really big word to my kids no matter the age my two-year-olds to the kids i worked with in elementary school and then i say 
and I do it on accident, right? Like I use big words because that's how I speak. And then it would dawn on me. They probably don't know what it means. Let me break it down in simpler language. Let's do both. Right. Exactly. Well, but I don't think we can inherently fault mothers because they want their children to understand. They're well, using yeah. the simple language so that it's, they're presenting their children with something they can understand. Whereas if you present them with something completely confusing, you're not going to get the results you want. Everyone's going to be frustrated. That's true. And so that's true. I guess I kind of jumped to the negative of like only baby talk, which some people do, but yeah. there is a purpose to using less complex language. If yeah. you are a father and you're only giving full sentence instructions to mm-hmm. a two year old, and then you're going to be mad at them for them not executing what they need. Like exactly every Ooh. fucking day we go to the goddamn bathroom and I have to say when they're ready to wash their hands to every child every day. Okay. Roll up your sleeves. Turn on the water. Guess so so. And like it's become a little bit more instinctual, but yeah. every day it's always roll up your sleeves as mm-hmm. number one because they just forget. You have to. You We're have do to it together. Doing it. And, but I me. also know that that's how I get the results I want, right? right? If I just say wash your hands and leave the room, they're going to come out wet. They they're not going to have used soap. Like it's going to be bad. They turn on the water and just kind of flail their hands and then they turn off the water. Truly. And then they've got five paper towels and they're playing in the sink. Like, you have to walk them through it. It's frustrating. You have to give more instruction. Yes. Oh, this is, oh, I thought this was so interesting. So, um, mothers tended to use lengthier and more complex language with older kids than their younger kids. Seems okay. typical. But I think that goes to show that fathers were using complex thoughts and language with everybody, regardless of if they could be understood or not. Right. Which is not useful. Uh, another one was fathers issued significantly more commands than mothers. Is there? Yeah. I guess, well, never. I was going to say, is there any research to show that that changes over time or fathers use the same kind of complex language no matter the kid's age? So, like, does it get more complex as the kid gets older? Is the point to always mm. make it so that they're understood or not understood? Do you know what I mean? Oh, right. So are they continuing to up the ante so that you can't ever really be on their level? And then engage That's with interesting. them. That I, would be a really yeah. great way to avoid ever having to talk or engage with your children. If you can just never keep up. Exactly. That's and interesting. you can blame it on them, right? Because right. they just can't keep up. Right. Interesting. Because then they're still kind of scaffolding, well, my kids should know this, but they're not. They're keeping it unrealistic. There's right. Nothing never meets and them. being unwilling to teach them. That's interesting. Using I didn't the see anything about language that. language without mm-hmm. the further explanation. Yeah. I didn't see anything about that, but that's interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to look into. Um, okay, so fathers. Whoa. Thanks, Gene. Emailing Gene. I know what I'm about to study right now. for my PhD. So fathers issue more commands than mothers, and they also issue more threats and more teasing in the way of name calling. I was going to say, like, quote unquote teasing, right? I, um, I had this uncle. Um, who was the nicest man. Well, everyone in my family loved him. He was a great guy. And that was his way of showing love. Is he teased you. He was like, oh, look at you. Look at your whatever. Look at your outfit. Look at your hair. What are you doing? What are you Just like pestering, bugging. That was just, that's just kind of who he was. And I hated it. As a kid, I always felt picked on at every holiday. So I would avoid him at Thanksgiving and Christmas. I would like, instead of walking through the kitchen, I'd leave the house and walk back through the other side. Like, I didn't want to get... I felt picked on, but then I would be like, I don't like Uncle Mike. He's mean to me. And I always got told, well, no, he's just teasing you. He, that's just teasing. That's not mean. It's teasing. 
I hate that. And I was like, if I don't like it, it's mean. Right. And also, like, grow the fuck up and learn a different way to show affection. Right. And then he died, and I thought it was my fault because I never talked to him. It, well, mm, no one ever talked to him because he sucked. <laughs> and I understand that, like, you can think you're well-intentioned in that, but as soon as someone's like, hey, stop. Like, I have an uncle that kind of does that same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was always just teasing, and I just was like, shut the fuck up. Right. If someone's not vibing with it, don't keep doing it. Right. But, yeah. So, right. Fathers are mean. <laughs> And they give more commands because they can't communicate. Uh, What was the other one? Um, Okay. Ooh. The father's language also reflected traditional gender roles in these families. Um, But the way they tested this is through, um, like, parent-child play. So they would, like, put you in a room and they would say, like, play together for 10 minutes. Here are some toys. And so then they would simulate what does the father talk about and how does he talk about it. And so even in this, like, we're playing dolls with my whatever child um if the baby in the game had a dirty diaper the play the character the dad was playing would say go take it to your character mom like even in play the dad could not would not do these i guess um stereotypically mothering um tasks in play in play in pretend no no i am i'm not a bitch in real life, so put some respect on my manly, manly name. I um put some manliness on my name. <laughs> Give me some no manliness, homies. Any spare manliness? <laughs> uh, I had this um in-home babysitter when I was little, and she had a son who was like two grades older than us, and so sometimes when he was real bored, he would come pick either me or my friend Samantha to come play Legos with him. In his room. Because he didn't have to be with everyone else. Because it was his house. And so one day Samantha was sick. Because he never chose me. And Samantha was sick. And he was like, Maya, do you want to come play Legos? I was like, oh my god, fuck yeah. I'm so excited. Like, you're a boy. And oh my god. And you're like a fifth grader. Oh my god. And so we like went in his room. And he had like his little action figures and his little Legos. And I like start playing and I start talking. And he's like, no, they don't talk. And so we played. But they didn't talk. We played house with, like, dolls and action figures, and they didn't talk. And I remember that I maybe I was, like, seven max. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Men don't talk. Even at, like, in elementary school. They're like, why would I pretend to talk? That's really interesting. That's interesting to me because all of the people in my family like to talk <laughs> right male or female we all love the sound of our own voice right um but that's really interesting to me and it makes sense to, as a typical gender dynamic to be like men don't talk yeah and they also were very um that my babysitter's family was very like they hunted and was very stereotypical in that way we are my family is too though yeah and we all like the sound of our own voices yeah. So, like, the gender roles came out in play in other ways right. than just, like, talking. Right. Like, I would argue the men in my family feel free to talk too much. <laughs> they could use some shut-the-fuck-up time. Yeah. Um, so it came out in other ways. I, I, I almost said, like, not in language, but that's not true. Like, the way they talked about yeah. quote-unquote girl toys or whatever was, you yeah. know, different. Or yeah. what toys they were allowed to play with. But mm-hmm. 
it wasn't in so much the amount of talking that was done. Yeah, it is weird. Men don't even but pretend. But it makes sense, especially when playing house. That yeah, they would be like, "We don't talk," yeah. right? Because it's like I'm still pretending to be this. Yeah, and ideally, man. as as per our last episode, talking about like man caves, like yeah. the whole idea is that like at house you don't talk. No, come when home, a man plays house, he doesn't talk. Come home, no think. Come home, no speak. Come home, give command, call name. <laughs> Go to basement. Exactly. Ignore children. Goodbye. Drink beer. So this next part of this um, same book is about daycare teachers as opposed to parents. Okay. So really thought this was interesting. Um, So in contrast to the parent dynamic, male and female daycare teachers use their language similarly. Like there isn't a really big difference when it comes to daycare workers. What do you mean, like, as like so, in regards to female and male, the way right. that they... So mothers mothers use less complex language with children, but fathers use more complex language, whereas all daycare workers use similarly complex language. No oh, one's... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, across gender. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense, because you're doing... You're at your job, because you like that. You and like you want to be with children. You don't just have children. You, you applied for the job to work with children. To be around the children. Exactly. Yeah. So daycare um, workers have a pretty similar way of speaking to um, to uh, their children. Which is cl- hilarious because it's like, no, then men, you can't claim it's an intrinsic thing. Exactly. Like, do fucking better. It's exactly. a you thing. You're it's- a shitty man. And so daycare workers focus um, on the present in their speech and the immediate needs of children, which makes sense. Because you're trying to get things done. You're at work. Whereas when you're at home, you might use... You might not... You would talk about the future because you're going to have all this future together. It's your family. Right. Whereas I'm not going to be... You're less likely to talk about next year. Right. When, it's like very minimal that I'm like, hey, next year you're going to turn this and you're going to move rooms. Right. Or like, what did you do last weekend? Even that like is very minimal because it's like yeah. their communication skills are minimal. What are those? Oh, you're not vision boarding with your two-year-olds, you mean? No, but I feel like that would be fun as fuck. I think that'd actually be really cute. They would have oh, that'd wild be a, visions. That'd be a fun, like, um, I granola craft. I know. When I, I'm my four, lead teacher has been doing all of the, like, craft planning, and I was mm-hmm. like, I hate crafts. Yeah. And I was you like, so you can't, right, so you can plan or whatever. And then I was like, that's not true. My whole job at my last job was planning the activities, like, I, I love activity planning. I hate the one-on-one. I dictate how yeah. you do your art, what you do. I fucking hate that. I think it'd be funny to be like, as like a three-year-old, what is my 2022 going to look like? Like in 2022, I'm going to pee on the potty. I'm going to go to space. Amazing. I'm totally Pick doing pictures that. out of these books that are like, that's I you. also want to do crafts of like that they can play with. So I like want to do sock puppets because they love to take their socks off and put them on their fucking hair. Oh, that's their really favorite cute. things. So I was like, we should make sock puppets. Like, it's a good idea. Yeah, you're right. I just hated those crafts. I think you should start doing more crafts. I think so, I should be in charge of crafts too. Now, we did say that male daycare workers are doing a pretty good job. Let's not give them too much credit. No, never. So, <laughs> male. Man? Never. Male daycare workers tended to address the children by their name more um, than the female ones did. So female um, daycare workers are more likely to use pet names and mm-hmm. bud and buddy turd. and pal and turd butt. Whereas the kid I is like, Jacob. I don't know where she got turd butt. I, it's just turd. <laughs> Whereas you're like turd, turd butt. 
and the male teachers are like, Jacob. Right. Persimmon. I don't know. I feel like they have granola names, maybe. Lenora. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's cute. That's my grandma's middle name. <laughs> um. So, right. So they say their names more. And then the last one, male teachers... This kind of irked me. Male teachers issue more imperatives than female teachers. It's really ground my fucking gears. Because that's exactly a quote from this article I read. Do you know what an imperative is? No. It is a command or a request. And if we flash back, dads also give more commands. So, by calling it an imperative. That's what I was going to say. You just changed the language. Men right. the same thing. They're still giving more commands. And I mean, that doesn't so necessarily mean a bad thing. thing. Right. Well, Because like, you the- get commands like, okay, turn on the sink. Put your hands in the water. Get the soap. Like, all of those are commands. So, commands aren't necessarily a bad thing. But they are still used more by men, even in daycares, than by the women. Right. By females, yeah. Which, and it's, like, so easy to, like, turn a command into a question. Well, yeah, and that, that leaning towards pick up right now, pick up the toys right now, as opposed to, like, Can let's you- pick up. Can you help me pick right. up? Right. It's just like you're more inclined to telling someone what to do. Right. They really just changed it to imperatives and said, <laughs> no, because the men, um, they need it. It's their job. So they have to give it. They have to give commands. So we're going to use the grammatical word for command instead of the word command. I hate that. Well, and mm-hmm. like coded. So coded. And also like what? Who do you think children respond better to? Literally. And if we can identify those differences, why do you think children respond better to one gender? What can you do so children respond better to you? Yeah. Be more like a woman. Honestly. Try a little empathy. Just a a schmidgen. See? The more, the farther you get away (laughs) from being a female. Yeah. The more illiterate. The worse you are kids. And the worse you are with children. That's not true for you, though. That's not fair. That's not, it's not true and it's not fair for me. It's, it may be um, for male identifying. Yeah. Yeah. Those that identify as male. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm mostly talking about men. Yeah. Yes. You know, like, I'm not talking about women, yeah. queer, gender queer people. Like, Honestly. No. I'm talking about men and people that really wholly identify with man and then choose man. to. Man. He man. Right. And then choose to, like, live up to that norm and, like, that social norm. Yeah. That is man. Because all man is is a social norm. Yeah. Very true. Bitches. You've done so well, Angela. We're finally out of the language part. Oh! We're going to jump. I held on. We're going to Lucky for you, I, too, like to be a language nerd. <laughs> We're going to jump all the way back to phobias. Whoop! So now we know all that shit about language. We're going to apply this Maya, to jump back to phobias. Hey, Maya. Oh, you scared me. I was like, Do you okay. think you could circle back to phobias? Which one did you respond better to? I think we could circle back to phobias. Yes. Oh, cool. Great. You didn't use a pet name for me, though. You did call me by my government name. You're right. I call my kids a lot by my name, and maybe that's the, like, do-do-do non-binary in me, you know? It might be. Because I think also part of my, um, uh, the way I show love is also through... Like, I'm one of those girls who's like, no, I'm the only one who calls my man by his full name. He might be young, wheezy little Chris OG (laughs) to y'all, but to me, he's Christopher William. See, and I've always loved a nickname, and I will call a man by a nickname any day, whether I'm dating him or not. 
We have one dad who I've only ever called his heard him call his daughter Boo Bear, and I just and he's he's oh. such a good dad, and he's not giving commands. It's always like, do you think you could? And like, yeah, that man sets Boo my Bear heart on sweet. fire. He's by no means the hottest man around, but oh my god, a good dad is hot. It's so hot. I'm the just hottest. Like, I feel like I show love through like my own pet names, mm. which is I call everyone by their middle name. Like their like first and middle name, I think it's just stately and I I kind of feel like I'm almost like it's like we are. Remember how we're close? True. Remember how I know your it's middle name? Literally like pulling rank on somebody. Yeah. Remember how I know about you? Right. Hmm. Interesting. Literally. I've never heard it that way, but when you called me Angela Lynn the other day, I just like heard it in a southern accent and felt like a trashy like. Remember how I know who you are? That's how I feel it is. And not even in like a weird way, yeah, but, but like I know you. Yeah, yourself as not knowing me. Because you were like, I spelled your name wrong. I don't know why I thought it was two N's. I feel like, I don't know. I'm not trailer park trash. It's only one N. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My bad. But I know everyone's little name. Not like, that people who live in trailer parks are trash. The stereotypical. I'm a... Trashy person who happens to live in a trailer park. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know everyone's middle names. Like, I know, like, my grandma's middle name. Like, I just, like, have them on deck. Like, you never know when you're going to need to throw out someone's middle name. Whereas, like, my dad doesn't have a middle name. And my best friend, Brisa, doesn't have a middle name. Things so. I like to do is make up middle names for people. <laughs> I like to, like, go on the fly if I need to yell at somebody in three names. I asked my grandparents this weekend why they named my mom and her sisters their names. Mm-hmm. And whenever they gave me some reasons. And then they said my Aunt Jenny was supposed to be Leslie. She was supposed to be Leslie Suzanne Danner. Oh, thank God they did not do that to her. And Leslie then, Susie. <laughs> Leslie Susie D. <laughs> but then my mom, who was like, I think eight at the time, was like, oh, her initials will be LSD. And so oh, they had to oh. change it. And they made it Jenny. <laughs> Jenny's cuter than Well, Jennifer, Leslie. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so funny. I didn't want Mace. Jennifer's much cuter than Leslie for <laughs> I love Leslifer. <laughs> it's like it's like what's the feminine version of Lucifer? <laughs> Leslifer. She's a lesbian named Leslie. That's what the L and LGBT is she for. Ru- Leslifer. <laughs> she rules the lesbian part of hell. It's a it's pretty fun actually. It's like I. I That's where I'm trying to go. Dead ass bitch. I be living it up. Oh my god. Speaking of the lesbian part of hell. <laughs> Same. <laughs> You know that, like, lesbian festival thing I found on Instagram that you were like, how do oh, I yeah. get tickets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So this couple I knew was together, and then they broke up, and I was going to hit on this person's partner, but then I was like, no, 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 or ex-partner at the time. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. Well, they got back together, and I was doing some creeping on said partner's Instagram. Oh. They went to that in, like, the broken... I was like, oh, Ooh. that's why you bitches broke up. They went to a lesbian convention. They went to lesbian hell. Amazing. Met Leslifer, came back, and said, be my bitch Came again. back and said, I'm ready for... That's... A- Your ex went and, went and fucked Les- Leslifer while you were on a break. That's a demon, baby. Coming back and doing your life. That's yeah. a demon. I feel like I get high and mighty often about, like, I don't stalk my ex on social media. You stalk media. other people's I exes? Yeah, like, I'm being mind of my business. Da, 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 da. And I really just added myself as not my You said, this person I know was dating this person. They broke up. It was, I was because like, I wanted to 
fuck one member of this party. Oh, so I'm I, like checking in. I be deep diving for people I want to fuck. I'm like, no, oh, I can't find you. You don't have any recent pictures from 2017. What about your second cousin who tagged you on Easter in 2018? Oh, I got a recent picture, but they didn't even tag you because you changed your ad. Truly. In there like swimwear. In that bitch. <laughs> and as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that's amazing. I'm dying. Um. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. It's okay. It's okay. Um, phobias. The American Psychological Association says there are three types of phobias: social phobias, agoraphobia, and specific phobias. Um, uh, I got beef with etymology because I'm looking up these phobias, and there's no good etymological dictionary. And if you ask me, dictionary.com should start a third offshoot, like dictionary.com, thesaurus.com, etymology.com, because I can never like so many words. I'm like. Where did this stupid ass word come from? And it's like, it's like 2018. The word is, I don't know, portmanteau. Where did it come from? Um, we don't know. 300 AD, someone said portmanteau. And then now we're here today. I agree. Bitch, where is the middle? What happened in the, how we. When you start your LLC, that could be one of your missions. Honestly, restoring etymological justice. Mm-hmm. Justice for etymology. Justice Ew. for etymology. In the Disney Channel DMs, justice for etymology. I'm fucking dying. So we're going to go through some of these phobias. I picked some that are either common or that have interesting, um, like, etymological rooted names. So we're going to do a couple where I read you the phobia and you have to guess what the fear is. Bet. And then we're going to switch it and do, I gave you the fear. Okay. Okay. So first one for, I'm going to give you the phobia. What do you think acrophobia is? Acrophobia. Fear of arachnids. Angela. What? What do you think a fear of spiders is? Say it. Arachnophobia. Okay, I said acrophobia. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, I was like, I know you know what that is. Fear of acrobatics? Yeah, what what fear of people flying through the air? Fear of flexible people? Fear fear of projectile being projectiled? No, it is a fear of heights. So you're, oh. you'd be afraid if you were an acrobat, is how I thought about it. Okay. Acrophobia. Yeah, asking me to do a little too much thinking on that one, but okay. Animology. And I have a feeling it's not going to get better. No, it's not going to stop, babe. <laughs> it's not going to stop. Let's see. Um, this one's hard to say. Automatonophobia. Automatonophobia? Automatonophobia. Automatonophobia. Fear of automotives. Final answer. Yes, kind of. Or animatronics. Yeah. Fear of animatronics? It's a fear of human-like figures. Yeah. Okay, so like animatronics. Anything automated. Right, yeah, Yeah. something that looks like you. Okay. And that I thought was interesting. Great guess. Good job. Thank you. Um, Because I think... So kids are always scared of like the you know mascots and the figures at Chuck E. Cheese. Those are pretty scary, actually. Um, but I always They're fucking I thought, weird. They are. I thought it was kind of interesting that like most people grow out of that because. But I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Like when are these children I think growing it's out of that? It? But also, yeah, and a child can have a phobia. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that can be valid, and it can be irrational, and yeah, they can have to see somebody about it. Very true. So they got to see, they can be institutionalized for that. <laughs> that's valid. We can institutionalize children and that's, that's valid. Not what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking dying. 
Erm, um, okay. Balonophobia. <laughs> Balonephobia. Balonophobia. <laughs> it's balona with ease. Here, I'll cover this one. It's balonophobia. Belonephobia. Belonephobia. Why is it like dragon? Belonephobia. I have no fucking idea. Um, fear of bells. The fear of Kristen Bell. Um, (laughs) it is the fear of pins and needles. Oh, okay. How do you even (laughs) come? Okay. I just think. Sorry, are you having anxiety? That's it. That's about how I feel about that one. Because what the fuck? They get weirder. When are you never like being able? Okay. Well, that's why it's a phobia. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. It's not rational. Okay. A phoebe phobia. A phoebe phobia. <laughs> <laughs> we have to take a short break because I just laughed myself into a cough. That's fine. I have to pee. A phoebe phobia. <laughs> Yes, a phobia. What do you think a phobia is? A phobia is the fear of being stuck in your apartment and all your roommate wants to do is watch Friends. A phobia. <laughs> fear of phoebe buffet. <laughs> uh, good guess. It's a fear of teenagers. Oh, and a valid one at that. There's this um, song that my high school best friend, who was far more emo than me, but like I pretended to be emo, um, show it to me. It's by My Chemical Romance. Um, uh, and it's I Hate Teenagers, and it's Teenagers Scare the Living Shit Out of Me. They could care less. That's the name of the song. Isn't it? Oh, it's just Teenagers? Mm-hmm. Just Teenagers. Um, right. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, really? Please put some respect on that album. Same. Well, like I said, I was a fake, like, p- punk emo because I was that on Tumblr. That is a classic Bertolino Cousin album. Like, Ooh. we all know all the lyrics to all of the, like... Yeah, I was. That'll get us every time. I was in a phase, whereas I think she might have act. She's more. That's her actual vibe. But I was like, I have a Tumblr. Listen to Arctic Monkeys. If you would have asked me in high school, I would have said that she was in a phase. But I do think it might be more her actual vibe. Yes. But like at the time, she was presenting poser. I think we both were. We were posing (laughs) together. We were posing together. Um, But yeah, the lyrics are. They could care less as long as someone is going to bleed. We'll bleed. We'll yeah. bleed. No, I wanted to make black. Isn't it Gerard Way? Which one of them? Yeah. Pete Wentz. Which it's one? Gerard Way. Is he half black? No, Pete Wentz is half black. Pete Wentz is half black? Yeah, he's a brown man. <gasps> Mulattoes unite. He represented for a lot of weird half black kids. But he's like really great because he's so white passing. He like people have been like, oh, you can say the n word before in interviews, and he's like, that's actually really wild to say. And I would not. He's like, everyone thinks I'm white, so therefore I have no reason to say that. Yeah, exactly. That would be weird. He's um, a great guy. I'm no, a he's weird... not a great guy. Oh God! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> My Me Too moment about he went. Sorry, that's so funny. Okay. When I was fucking 14, if you would ask me, I would have been like, sign me up. I would love to be me too by Pete Wentz. I'm fucking dying. Fuck off. I hate you. And you know what? Now that I know he's mixed, I stand by it. Re-up that subscription. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. He is mixed. I don't know. Oh, teenagers. That's how we got here. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I was a poser as a teenager. So, yes. 
Okay, so now we're gonna switch. I'm gonna tell you the fear, and you have to guess the oh, um, no, the real one. This one scares me. Um, a fear of childbirth. Vagina repophobia. <laughs> Stretch out of phobia. <laughs> Shitting on table phobia. <laughs> Dumb fucking forever phobia. Giant needles in your spine phobia. Stretch mark phobia. <laughs> that might just be fat phobia. Yeah. If <laughs> well, isn't that what it all comes down to? I'm, I just, I'm afraid. I I'll, just need to lose the last fifteen from the baby weight. Your baby's fifteen. It's okay. It's literally fine. Like it's gonna. It is lachiophobia. That don't make no fucking sense. And I could not find an etymological root for why it's lachiophobia. How is it, it just spelled? Is. Lock, I O. Where is it? That guy. Yeah. Lachiophobia. Mm. Cow. Ew. I know, right? That makes no fucking sense. The fear of paper. Could be. What do you think? Oh, the fear of paper. I just told you about my. Dunder Mifflin phobia. <laughs> my fear of annoying white people is Dunder Mifflin phobia. Um, I how don't... do you feel about the office? In like short, concisely, how do you feel about it? <laughs> I have never really watched it. I've seen a couple episodes. I don't think it's hilarious, and I think people have made it into a personality trait when it's just a fine show. It's just fine. I think it's annoying as fuck because people have made it to be. Yeah. I think if they would have left it at that, it would have been fine. It could be a fine show, but they now took it, it and made it terrible. Now it's a personality trait. Um, yeah, I told you about my friend in college who had a fear of paper cuts. Oh, so yeah. we would pass things out and she would flinch. And it's not funny, but I was like, girl, what it's is that? a little funny. I was like, you see us passing the paper and you see it is now your turn. You see it coming. Right, like prepare yourself. I'm not saying Also, every week we sit here and talk about what people, I think, listeners think to be like the most random shit. And then I realize that you and I have talked about everything under the sun. We have. Because uh, half the time sitting here recording, this is not our first time like yeah. covering the subject. We talk a lot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I'm very, I feel like I'm very open where I'm like, we're not like well you you and I are besties obviously and writing partners but like someone who I'm just like a casual friend with I'm like you want to talk about like trauma but also like this documentary I watched for three hours like it's very much it runs the gamut of like I'm open open let's just I don't give a fuck and I think you and I vibe on that same kind of way and approach people the same way that's why we really get along yeah yeah um so the fear paper is papyrophobia like papyrus what's papyrus um, it's like I ancient... immediately thought like pirate with a stutter, like papyrus. <laughs> <laughs> no, how would my voice right now? How I laugh without my when my voice is lost sounds like Demi Lovato. You know, she laughs like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> she like laugh yells. Anyway, um, papyrus is like ancient paper. So like think of like uh, what scrolls would have been made on. Oh, like, okay, the yeah, paper yeah, yeah. they used in I Egypt. I knew I had heard that word before, but it's also a font now. Um, yeah, ancient paper. So, papyrophobia. Um, let us do um, the fear of animals. Animal, like all animals? Animals and just all animals. I think I have this one. <laughs> I, I <sighs> Bestiophobia. Right. <laughs> it's the opposite of Critterphobia. Crippicrawlyphobia. I was just gonna say natural life phobia. Zoophobia. Zobia? 
Yeah. There's two O's, like zoology. Zubia. <laughs> that sounds like when you try to tell a white person that Africa is not a country. And they're like, what's in there? Madagascar? Zubia? Zimbabwe? <laughs> Zabumafu? <gasps> Zabumafu. What a fun word. Mm-hmm. And a fun lamer. It was a great show. Yeah. Um, super throwback. This girl... In high school was getting That's what I'm gonna name my pussy, Zabubafu. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. Uh, there was this girl in high school who was giving a presentation about an, a leader in Africa, and she kept calling him African American. And someone, someone stopped her and was like, "He's not." He's have not, you ever thought about the word? He's never lived in Africa. You have to call him like not that. She was like, "Cool," and she kept calling him an African American for the rest of the presentation. You mean American? He's never lived in America? Yeah, he was like... Yeah, in you Africa. said Africa, sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. And then I was like, so he's just a black American? <laughs> uh, yes. He born, raised, did all his work in Africa. And she was like, African American. Like, eh, no. Some people just say things, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so zoophobia. I think I have that because why animals? I'm not meant to cohabitate with them. Fair enough. And then last, to end us off, I looked up a couple celebrity phobias. Okay. Tyre. Both Tyra Banks and Nick Young are afraid of dolphins. Who the fuck is Nick Young? Now, that's what I said until I Googled him and got this amazing meme. <gasps> he's the he's an NBA player who plays for the Lakers, and I only know him from this meme. And he apparently is dating Iggy Azalea. Oh. Because she's the one who was like, my man's afraid of dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> if my man was afraid of he's dolphins, like, I would bitch, out. I swear to God. I would out him, too. So that's delphini phobia. Okay, maybe I have a little bit of delphini phobia. Because wild. do you remember in though. high school in our Spanish class when that one teacher <laughs> told us about her friend who wrote the book about fucking a dolphin <laughs> and like having like no, a romantic relationship that. with a dolphin? I don't remember that. And I just and I was just and I it stuck with me for the rest <laughs> of my life. And then like the accusations that like dolphins rape people. They, do be doing that. Yeah, and so like, and they're I, very smart. Maybe I have Delphini phobia. It sounds like a fear of Mr. Feeny from Boy Meets World. Correct, Delphini phobia. Irma, and then um, iconically Liam Payne of One Direction fame. Ot four because the fifth one's a fucking abuser. Um, said early X Factor days that he's afraid of spoons. It's called Cataliaphobia. phobia. Don't tell it that that she'll make fun of me for the rest of my life. Here's your face spoons. That one time, I, okay. Well, first of all, I don't like them. They're my least favorite silverware. <laughs> you and Liam, you are Liam Payne. Oh my god! I tell Angela they look like Liam Payne all the time. They be swagging it out with their little buzz cut. I'm like, damn, swaggy Liam Payne. You going to record a fucking track of Quavo? <laughs> You even called me this before I cut my hair. Like, you've been calling me Swaggy Liam Payne for, like... Because you are Swaggy Liam Payne. Like, you are afraid of spoons. You live with someone named Maya. He's marrying a Maya. You're, are you seeing the conexiones? See? No, he can't do that. <laughs> he cannot do that. I don't like spoons because I feel like they force their way into your mouth. <laughs> Like, because it's, like, it dips. Like, I have to, like, put the whole thing in there. Where you like can't just, like, nibble it. Like, yeah. Well, you could do an obnoxious thing of, like, 
tipping it into your mouth. Like, you don't have to put it, you just go, you, like, you, like, pour it, you pour each spoonful into your mouth. That would be hard when it comes to, like, cereal and shit. That'd be hilarious for cereal. Okay. Number two. One time I was at my aunt's house, (laughs) and my, I was talking to my uncle, Mm -hmm. and I was, like, giving him shit, and he had, was, like, stirring something and had a spoon in his hand and was stirring it, and turned around and, like, pointed his spoon at me really swiftly, and I fucking ran across the room like i jumped and ran across the room so hard and my aunt and uncle have never laughed at me so hard that like, is wild. you were afraid of the spoon and i was like i was afraid of the sudden movement and a grown man turning towards me quickly men move slowly please please men move slowly and keep your hands where i can see them exactly slowly yeah and so spoons complicated yeah. relationship so i actually have um because early one direction fandom just oprah's afraid of gum she is i hope it gets stuck she in her shoe and her hair <laughs> in her wigs and all her best wigs all of her best wigs and um i want to show you some one of the memes because of course it was like well i just gotta show you keep calm and have a strange fear of spoons that was his quote he literally said i'm liam and i have a strange fear of spoons and then we made this. We made art about Liam being afraid of this. Spoons. Okay, I'm gonna give a. I'm for okay. <laughs> for my friends that are listening, yeah, it is a cartoon drawing of Liam Payne laying down pres- in a bed. shirtless yeah. in a bed, and there are like faint spoons by his head and he's looking worriedly at one of the faint spoons it's almost like a ghost spoon that's actually a screenshot of a animated video on youtube with millions of views that someone made about one direction where there's a scene of liam having nightmares about spoons i directioner through and through baby wow ot4 as long as those four aren't abusers baby good I'm glad to hear you say that. Angela, I just, you, you, I have One Direction lyrics in handwriting tattooed on my body. Do you know how, it just takes a minute to process when one of them is, a, is an abuser. I think I'm going to get, I want song lyrics tattooed on me. I just recently cool. decided. What, the Star Spangled Banner or like? Close. Um, the Black National Anthem? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, how much money do I have to give you to get the fucking Black National Anthem? And I'll do it across my whole just back. Just put, like, scrolled down your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What um, song do you want? It's called I Swear to God, and it says, Good night, honey, honey, good night. And oh, I that's think that's sweet. really cute. And then I want, like, a big black bear sleeping next to him with a bandana on, a red bandana. That's sweet. Because he's a working class black bear. <laughs> he's a redneck in the original sense ah uh, yes class. that's cute i like that yeah good night honey honey good night mm. that's sweet thank you so i don't remember what i was talking about oh liam payne <laughs> your doppelganger okay last Ugh. last thing are my phobias because i have some wild ass phobias i am afraid of rust should be scary what do you think the fear of rust is called Materphobia. <laughs> um, it is iophobia. Um, otherwise, no. Like no iron. Has, I don't. I guess. Yeah. I, I couldn't. Guess you're I right. I get. There's no. I it's couldn't find. It's such a ring. It's such a very specific phobia yeah. that there isn't very much documentation. It's also the fear of poison. So I don't really know how that happens, but I'm afraid of rust. It freaks me out. 
I am deathly afraid of drains. Oh my God, I have since I was a child because I thought I was going to get sucked down them. And now I think it's a cleanliness thing where I'm like, it just, there's no way it can be clean. There's no way it my can be My mom clean. doesn't like drains either. Like, she can't oh think God. about the pool. So the pool, it's when I'm close to them. Because I understand that there are drains and pools. But I love pools because I'm v- never near the drain. more of like, as a child, she thought that there was like a plug and that if someone pulled it, like she would not be strong enough to like, she would get a lot of sucked people down have that the drain. Fear. A lot of people have that. Which makes, leads me to wonder, how do you all think pools work? I think there was probably some graphic in a cartoon when we were little that was like, oh, it's a bathtub. Whatever. Well, I also don't like, you know, when you sit on the edge of the pool and you're next to the grate with the drain underneath of it, that skeeves me out. That's the best place to pee. I'm a swimmer. I can pee anywhere in the pool. (laughs) I I can pee next to the pool because just being near a pool makes me have to pee. It's just a curse. That's why I found the shower. Every time I get in the shower, I pee no matter what. Oh, I don't really ever pee in the shower. Because then I feel like I have to clean the shower. I know I don't, but like, I feel like I then have to clean the shower. I'm up here in the shower. Fair enough. I'm not judging you for that. So the fear of drains, there really isn't a name for it. The fear of sewers is cloacophobia, cloacophobia, which is confusing to me because a cloaca is when an animal has the same whole... For no excrement and sex. Uh-uh. That's a cloaca. Nah, don't they get, like, E. coli? No, they, the tubes split. They go back and forth. They say poop tube, bib tube, poop tube, bib tube. You could still get E. coli, I feel like. Not that. if you're a bird or a pig or a sheep. I have... I think sheep. One time vagina. when I was in high school, we knew this guy, and he claimed, and I don't know if it's true, but I don't know why he would lie... <laughs> That he gave some bitch E. coli because he was fucking her in the butt and then fucked her in the vagina right after. I don't know if you could get E. coli, but you could get something. You yeah. Maybe you could get E. coli. I don't know. Mm. E. coli, you have to eat E. coli. No, E. coli is inside of your body. Right. You could give her like an infection or an STD. Right. Mm, sounds. People at our high school love to lie. So They were from our high school, but... People in our general vicinity... People in high school love to lie. Very true. Men especially. Um, okay, my last two fears, I have a fear of cleaning. Not so much of the act of cleaning, but, like, be actively having to think about, like, dirt and grime makes me want to throw up. And then after I clean, I have to, like, scrub my body. I think it's also, someone said it might be tied to OCD, um, because I just feel like I can't get clean afterwards. Like, yeah. after I clean my bathroom, I, like, scrub, scrub, scrub in a hot shower, because I'm like, it's on me, it's on me. Even if I'm wearing gloves and I don't actually touch anything... I just feel like I can't get it off. Are you like, okay. I can't get Yeah. So next time your brother asks, does Maya ever say she can't clean because she's depressed? I'll say, no, it's because she has OCD, fucker. And depression. Also, my brother doesn't clean. So it's wild to me to be like, Maya, don't, I'm like, you can't cook anything at all. But you have the audacity to be like, Maya's not doing enough because she has depression. And she says it's because she has depression. You're not doing enough without depression, sir. I just think of when he gets sassy with me because I check him and he's just like, okay. Well, yeah, he's like, hey, yeah, let me let me show you up with this shit. And then you're like, okay, I'm a, I'm a, we're on the same level. And he's like, hey, ain't nobody ever done that. <laughs> ain't nobody that's not my family ever done that. Quite literally. You're going to yell at me too? Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Don't you know I'm a light skin? Don't you know I'm a 6'4 light skin? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so with cleaning, it could be misophobia. Um, a fear. Misophobia. Uh, uh, misophobia. I've, 
No, that's a fear of filth or grime, um, or a bluto phobia. No, a bluto. You're scared of blue schools. The scared, scared of the Bluth family from. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a valid fear. Thank you. No, that is the fear of bathing. But I'm not. I don't enjoy bathing by any means. But I'm not afraid of it. I'm afraid well, of and I think people... the dirt in there and the and the drain. And the fact that there's a drain right there. You want me to just... St I literally stand at the opposite end of my shower. You want me to just be... Are you insane? You want me to just be Which in your drain? Which I think it's funny that you thought that you would rather have my shower than your shower for that. Because it's in the middle. You, yeah, you would have to be closer to the drain than my well, shower. Well, because it's not the drain itself. It's the fact that I think they're dirty. So bathtubs, like where the wall meets the tub... I, that's one of the reasons why I can't take baths. Because if that's at my eye level, I'll throw up. So bathtubs. I want you gross to know that that area of my shower just as dirty as a bathtub. Fair enough. It probably really isn't a solution to being afraid of drains. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So I I typically prefer a standing shower, but then I also get freaked out because the strains in the middle, and now I have to be careful because the drains under my vagina. What if it sucks my <laughs> vagina? What if the drain sucks my vagina and you gets dirty? You might like it. But it'll be dirty afterwards, and then I won't be able to keep it up. Well, you fuck some wild bitches, so. I just a little bit. Like a whore on the podcast oh yeah, yeah, I do be fucking bit bitches. I do be fucking dirty bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was like, I well, literally in my head, I was like going through every girl I've ever fucked, and I was like, they've all been like pretty, you know, safe. <laughs> they've all been. I will say, I'm not technically a gold star lesbian because I unfortunately have had sex with men. But I've never had unprotected sex with men. And I think that's an accolade that I'm very proud of. Because don't touch me with that crusty, dusty dick. Me too. I know. We are pure bitches. Yeah. And, like, it was it was airborne chlamydia. Yeah. Yeah. So my last fear is mountains. Now, there is a word for the fear of mountains, um, which is acrophobia. But that's the fear of heights. So you're on top of a mountain. You're like, it's too, it's too tall. Which is not my fear. My fear is that why are they look? Why are they looking at me? Why are they looming? Why are they? Why are they threatening me at all times? I look at my window, a massive rock, looking at me, threatening me, threatening to fall on me. I think you're getting false vibes. No, no, no. They're they're mean. Why are they just imposing? See when I they're see just them? like imposing everywhere when i see mountains i see like something peaceful and sturdy and natural that's always been there and that will like yeah like get out of my fucking area no that will like protect me like i see that as like a protector i i really an like avalanche crushing me that's weird. avalanche i was trying to think of weird phobias that i have birds mm -hmm. that's a pretty common one mm -hmm. but yeah so mountains would be orophobia or maybe Buenophobia. 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 I hate a good mountain. I caramba. Buenophobia. <laughs> but yeah, there really is no word that at least I could find that's like I am afraid of the threat of a mountain <laughs> because they just be there glaring at me. Why are you imposing your big assness on me? So really, that's that's all I have today. I want to end it on. That's probably how Danielle feels when she stands next to you. <laughs> Why are you imposing your big mountainness, big assness? Well, I just hate. I went to Arizona. Everywhere I went, mountain. Y'all can't leave me alone. 
I, what if I wanted to just look at the sky? You can't leave them alone. You went to their home. I didn't want to. I, I realized that once you I was there. You went to their home. I realized that once I was there. I was like, I actually shouldn't have invaded. You very much limited I, yourself. And yet you say you want to live in the Pacific Northwest. I, that is mountains there. We've changed our minds since then. It's now Philly. Ketchup mustards. I went there. It was too white for me. Okay. And no, I realized when I went there, I'm sorry that I came into your space. Um, I shall, I'm going to leave. Let me excuse myself. I'm trying to teach my two-year-olds that right now. Yeah. They're not getting it. I'm from the Great Plains, and I should stay where it is plain. <laughs> no need for elevation. Plain and great. Plain and great. It's plain and it's great. <laughs> how, how would you describe Iowa? Mm, plain and great. The, the plains are great. It's like the cheeseburger your papa makes you on the 4th of July. Plain and great. <laughs> it's just, because they're like, it's a cheeseburger, but there is no cheese because it's too spicy. The craft singles are too spicy. It's just plain and great. It's just a fat, hard burger on like crusty ass bread. Plain and great. Plain and great. What's there in Iowa? I mean, the planes are great, but why do you like niche of these podcasts? Because it's plain and great. It's plain and great. <sighs> Basically. So. Actually, don't never call us plain. That's fucked up. I was gonna why say, would you do that? <laughs> we are not plain. No, but we are great. We are great. Um, and so that's all I have for you tonight. Uh, what did you learn or what did you take away from this? Um, this is going to sound wild because it's a takeaway about me. But that <laughs> my job is really important to me and I love hanging out with children. Yeah. And I also took away that Jean was doing really great life-changing things with children. And I, too, can work with children for the rest of my life even if I want to work in a research setting, which is something I was fearful of. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So shout out once again to Jean Burko Gleason. We will be emailing your manager or great grandkid. I don't know. Whoever is on the internet. We will be emailing we'll your be in touch. reseller great grandchild. We'll be in touch. We'll be at. Oh no. I'm no! I saw where you were going to go. No. And on that note. <laughs> Good night, shitties. Good night, shitties. Make sure to. Like and follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then to subscribe and download these episodes wherever you get your podcasts. It's Nisha Days Pod on Twitter, Insta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. On Twitter and Insta and TikTok, it's Nisha Days Pod. And we love you. And we'll Good talk night, to you next week. Good night, and we week. love you. Goodbye, goodbye.